My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. We've created a free self-care checklist and it's ready for you to download today. On the checklist, you'll find 50 brand new ideas to practice self-care. And it's not just bubble baths. Download the free checklist today and be reminded of the importance of practicing self-care. Head to the merrymakersisters.com forward slash self-care. All right, let's get into the episode. Welcome to episode 337 on the Get Married Podcast. As always, we're excited to be here. Yes. Uh, I love this topic. I mean, this is a topic that comes up again and again and again because it's important and Mm -hmm. this is kind of our jam. This is what we do. This is what our business is about Mm -hmm. now. I'm so grateful. Yeah. Uh, We're talking about how to stop hating your body. Yeah. And I think, you know, this was probably inspired by a couple episodes ago. Uh, Actually, even last week's episode about like how to stop talking about dieting and we did a episode on the epidemic of body image anxiety. It's definitely um, something that we've talked about a lot on this podcast and you guys have been messaging us a lot about this as well. So we know that it's an important one to talk about. Yeah. And also we experienced it. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why we're here really. We went through it from, you know, the point of – you know, every day I thought a thought about something I didn't like about myself, it was, my, about, about my body. It was like my morning – it was my miracle morning. Your you morning know? ritual. My morning ritual. You know how we talk about morning rituals and like how to be a morning person uh, and you have all these great things that you do in the morning. Maybe you meditate. Maybe you do yoga. Maybe you go for a walk. Maybe you say your affirmations. Well, that was not mine. Mine was, I'm going to go to the bathroom, I'm going to look in the mirror and I'm going to point out everything I hate about my body. And grab at your fat. <laughs> oh, God, I must feel good now. Yeah. I'm ready for I, my day. I remember, like, I remember doing this as a teenager. Like, I would check my stomach how flat or not flat it was. I mean, probably a lot, like, throughout the day. I remember sitting down and, like, measuring with my hand. I'm sure I've spoken about this, the thickness of my thighs. Like, I remember doing this weird stuff and it's so weird, but it felt so normal because thinness was greatness. Thinness Mm -hmm. was, you were more beautiful. Skinny equals better. That was what I thought. Uh, And that was just from the society, from the world we grew up in. And then you come to a point, fast forward many, many, many years, and you're like, wait a minute, is this true? No, not really. Yeah. And is this the kind of life I want to lead? No, No, not not really. really. Uh, So what we're going to talk about today is like some clear steps to take or to follow. This is kind of the process that we have personally gone through. Uh, Not by like we didn't have a checklist. It just kind of happened. So upon reflection, how did we overcome this body image, uh, this negative body image, this negative way that we saw ourselves, how did we change it? Mm. Uh, So this is our story. This is the steps that we have taken and continue to take in order to let go of that old way of thinking and being. It wasn't Mm. just a thinking. It was like a being. Yeah, well, it's all consuming. We've Mm. talked about that so often that if you have, you know, what I had was like a deep, self-criticism and not just about what I looked like it was also about my personality it was also about my my skill level at school I had no self-confidence I had no self-esteem I don't know why like I, I, I just I felt that I felt that I'm not good enough 
That was what I felt in pretty much every aspect of my life. And, I mean, like, you think about it, like, where did that come from? Like, where does confidence confidence come from? Like, you were pretty confident, sis. Like, why? Where? I wonder. Yeah, but I, my confidence was also, like, an overcompensation. Mm -hmm. Like, mine was, like, I still didn't feel good enough. Like, even if I, like, achieved something that was, like, in inverted commas, good enough, I still need to be better. Yeah. And then I think, well, imagine if you had parents that were really, like, pressuring you because ours didn't no it's like I don't know where ours came from it was like a self-driven I know thing like I have no idea because mom and dad were like just this was do mom your and best. Dad's. just do your best just do your best that's that's great like, if you well want to if you want to quit you, you can, can. Quit. it's just really funny like where did that come from it's like was it from a past life is it true like well I don't know like it came from somewhere oh god and maybe it just came from somewhere in order to get us to where we are now. Yeah. So we can, like, be sharing this message today. Yeah. No, but we kind of have to just, like, believe that in order to, you know, we're the kind of people who we like to use self-reflection in order to learn. We don't like to use self-reflection too much because it can kind of take you down. A, well, for us personally, it can take us down, you know, not a great – not a great road. Like, we can spend too long self-reflecting. Well, I just also think, like, what's the point sometimes? Mm. I mean, for us, it wasn't like, like, although this this stuff with our negative self-image and perspective of ourselves, you know, it did impact us a lot. Like, it wasn't like a massive trauma or anything. Like, I don't you know, even know where it came from. Yeah, we, we can just accept it and then step forward yeah. with a knowing that I don't want to live like that anymore mm. and there is another way. And re- really that makes – you know, that brings us to, yes, awareness is first. You need to acknowledge that you were like this and then you need to, uh, I guess, desire a change. Mm. Do you want to make a change? Ask yourself because if you want to stay there, stay there. If it's fine, if you don't mind living like that, live like that. But if you're like, hang on a minute, I'm sick of beating myself up about this stuff that doesn't actually matter. I want to live differently. I want to make a change. Then that's step two, acknowledging or having the intention that you want to make a change. Yeah, and I think that it's important to note that, like, all of these steps don't happen, like, uh, sequentially or also in a fast manner. Like, it could be that you stay on step one for, like, a year of just, like, bringing awareness to the thoughts. Like, you know, sometimes I think we can talk about this change. Or it could come fast. No, yeah, Yeah. definitely. There's no right – No. There's no – I mean, we get this question all the time. How long does it take to accept my – how long does it take to accept myself? How long will I still be thinking like this? We don't know. We don't have the answer – Sometimes I still think like that on some days. Some days I will fall back. Mm. Uh, It's not like you're healed of your negative self-talk. It's not like that. It's just like it's less and less and Mm. less and you kind of crowd it out, crowd it out. Mm. Um, That's just like a disclaimer. So awareness, absolutely. Awareness is you understanding how you are Mm -hmm. as a human, not just with the way that you talk about yourself and your body and like how good you feel about yourself but everything yeah how you are how you be how you show up whether it's you alone or whether it's you in a group of people it's such a cool thing really well I think it's (laughs) it's necessary self-awareness you know when you meet someone with like a severe lacking of self-awareness and you're like wow like they don't even realize what they're doing like people don't know and then it's like oh so if you are having like this big wave of new awareness of yourself and you're like, hang on a minute, I want to make some big changes. Well done. Because not not all of us get there. Mm-mm. It's true. Uh, how do we become self-aware? How do we practice it? How do we, mm. like, how, like well, as you personally, like let's just, because everyone does it in a different way. Well, I think uh, it's funny because self-awareness, I mean, as someone who was hypercritical of themselves, I mean, like, you do have this awareness of yourself, but it's got a negative bias. True. So, you know, for me, it was not that I had to bring 
more awareness to myself it was like i needed to shift my perspective almost but no what you what you were doing is so so your negative bias towards yourself wasn't self-awareness yes true that was true, true. that was your ego yeah that was your That's, judgment okay there we go that was your that there was your like i'm not good enough yeah i'm not good enough and then I'm that, not good enough. that's true yeah so what i just said was not so true. then your self-awareness was <laughs> The other, whatever you want to call it, lots of people call it like the higher, the higher version of yourself. I don't care what you call it. The other version of yourself yeah. was then now observing the ego. Yeah, there we go. And okay. the other you was saying, "What is that? Why are you talking like that all the damn time?" Yeah, it's not real. And then the other side of the ego <laughs> is like, "I'm awesome. I'm amazing. I'm gonna do so well at this." Or like, "Yeah." I'm so much better than that person and, like, that's all BS too. Mm-hmm. So there's two sides of the ego and I feel like some people live more on one side than the other. Like, I don't know if it's about flitting and floating. I feel like you're either one side or yeah. the other. It's so funny with but the I ego because when I was young – I would always, you know, because it was like a description of someone or they're very egotistical. And usually that was to describe someone who was very up themselves and talked Mm. about themselves a lot and uh, put themselves on pedestal almost. Then when I like understood the ego in the other sense of like also self-criticism, now when I think of the ego, I always jump to that. I know. Like in my mind, I always think self-criticism. Because that's probably what you can relate to. And I mean, really what is it is, it's a self-absorption, like, you know, just focus on yourself. No matter what it is. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's bad, good, yeah. whatever. I mean, and that's what I think, you know, that's what helps getting out of your ego or acknowledging or learning about your ego that actually you can live with presence without this narrative, without this, like, uh, structured way of thinking. You can be more open. Mm. So that definitely helped me, I mm. think. It's like an... It's like how did you practice self-awareness? It was understanding self-awareness. It was understanding the concept yeah. of a human. And what the ego is. Yeah. Because, you know, you learn about this as you begin, like maybe you're learning about yoga or maybe you're learning about some spiritual Meditation. path or whatever it is. I mean, they, they all relate. They're all different. They all are the same. Uh but really what they are designed to do, I guess, or to help us is to just live with less suffering. I mean, that's what I believe spiritual lessons and, and guidance mm-hmm. do. They help you get out of your head and into your heart. Yeah, it's almost like self-suffering, isn't it? Like yeah. the, the the suffering that we make up, the suffering that is made by the mind. The anxious Because, you know, like suffering as in like, you know, in an external sense of, like, something happening around you, like grief or oh, sadness yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Like, it it does help you get through that, but you still feel it. Oh, yeah. It's not like you just stop that. Well, it's not like – like, it's not like you practice meditation and the spiritual path or whatever you're choosing to do to not feel the grief. Like, the grief will come. Like, that would be weird if you don't feel grief when something bad happens. Like, yeah. that's very human. That's – you need to feel that. I guess it's more like it helps you move through it. Yeah. But what we're talking about was the the stuff you make up about how, like, you suck and you're fat and you're ugly and you're not smart enough and, and why did I say that? I'm so dumb. Why blah, did blah, I blah, eat blah. that? Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, all these thoughts are actually a BS. Yeah. Yeah, that's your ego. But, but let's also, okay. Because I always like to acknowledge this. You guys know, like, we are on this path of, like, we're not into dieting. We don't want to beat ourselves up. We don't want to have this, like, constant self-criticism, this this negative view of ourselves. Definitely don't want to diet anymore, that's for sure. But we still want to look after ourselves, our mind, our body, our souls. And, you know, sometimes the thought might be, like, I shouldn't have eaten that. But perhaps... Maybe you shouldn't have eaten that. <laughs> like, it's also about being honest with yourself. So, like, like this is the thing. Many people think we're now anti-weight loss, anti-diet. We are anti-diet, but it doesn't mean we're anti-weight loss. It doesn't mean we're anti-health. People think we're anti-health that now. That is not true. And it's not true. I still am mindful of what I eat. And, you know, if I've got uh, – there's a – Okay, what did I make on the weekend? Delicious slow-cooked ragu. You did very well. My, it was home 
made ragu, homemade pasta. Impressed. It was on the stove, slow cooking all day, literally from 8 a.m. till 7 p.m. Then we ate it and it was the best. It was yum. Uh, Damiano gives us all giant serves of pasta. Like, it's insane. Mm. The the amount of pasta he puts on our plates. It and I'm always so like, it's ridiculous. too much. Like, I'm always telling him, like, it's too much. Like, I can't eat that much. I'll be sick. So I don't finish it because I know I'll be sick. I finish it. I felt so sick. Yeah. You put too much on my plate. Yeah, but you need to stop. You need to give it to Joel. You need to give it away. And this is the thing, like, you know, me stopping myself from eating it, it's not me being like, I'm on a diet. It's me being like, hang on a minute. I know (laughs) that I'm going to – I'm enjoying this food so much, but I know there's a point where – that's too much, and I'll stop enjoying it. And, and what's you, the point exactly, of that? Exactly. You actually, that is then going back into our old habits of binging. Yes. And for you, purging. So it's like there's a fine line uh, of knowing. There's a, it's like this whole idea of, yeah, when you said that, like, you know, sometimes I, I think I shouldn't have eaten that. It is true because – yeah. It, but it's not that you're now going to beat yourself up about no. it. It's more like you use it as, well, that's interesting. Yes, I actually did know already that Damiano put too much pasta on my plate when I looked at it. Yeah, my, you even said it. And my entire plate was full of pasta. <laughs> and I was like, that is a lot. That is like, no joke, guys. It was a family shared <laughs> serving Remember, size. you know that that photo that was going around and it was like Chloe, one of the Kardashians, I don't know, the serve of pasta at the wedding. And it was like one spoon of pasta. Like yeah. it was ridiculous. Like, are you... Like, I would be embarrassed having that amount of pasta. I hope there was, like, 15 other causes. Look, I don't know. You needed more <laughs> pasta than that. But anyway, we need less pasta when Damiano serves. It's far, far too much. And, yeah, if you do are not conscious, you will be sick. You will yeah. feel sick. And that was the thing. Like, I already knew that. And so when those moments do happen, because, hello, we're all human and they might and they probably will happen again. It's not that we then become guilty and we beat ourselves up about it. We just go, oh, yeah, like, okay, noted, next time I won't eat as much. Or next time I'll be more mindful when I'm eating and I will ask, like, I'll check in with my hunger levels. Like, I'll check in. How do I feel right now? Like, gee, I feel really full and bloated. Like, I should probably stop. And this is the (laughs) thing, like, when we were dieting, like when I did allow myself to, you know, eat off the diet, mm. I would binge and I would always be sick, mm-hmm. like feel sick, yes, and then sometimes make myself sick because mm. I'd feel so guilty about eating too much. Now, after, you know, years of not dieting and moving through, you know, this self-acceptance work and work and learning how to stop hating yourself, mm. uh, you acknowledge, all right, I overate, moving on. Mm-hmm. Like learnt that. Okay. It's not ne- something next- you hold on to. Yeah. And it's like, well, you can't change it. That's okay. Tomorrow is a new day. And, you know, my next meal, like, I'm not going to overeat. Mm. But I'm also not going to be like, I have to go on a diet tomorrow to, like, counteract that. Like, well, you have to do two hours yeah, of working Like, out. I'm not going to do that. No, yeah. I'm going to stay exactly the same. I'm going to do my regular workout. I'm going to eat my regular food. And I'm not going to worry. Uh, but I think it is important to say that. And, like, that this is also a path of being honest with yourself and acknowledging that, you know, sometimes you do need to make changes for your goals Mm. and maybe your goal is to, I don't know, live healthy. Yeah, it's a good goal. Um, I mean, like, the hard thing is is that healthy also now is such a, like, you know, my perspective of healthy is different to that person's perspective. So it's like, you know, what is health? Like, what is this thing? I'm living healthy. Like, I, I eat a healthy lifestyle. Because now that has become so enriched in diet culture. Yeah, exactly. It's so, it's, and this is where, yeah, you have to be careful, like, of not going down the hole again. Exactly. Because it's like, ah, uh, I, I mean, I, for a while, I thought I was just on a healthy, like, I was healthy, healthy diet, healthy lifestyle. I called it that, healthy lifestyle. But I didn't eat dairy. I didn't eat grains. I didn't eat sugar. Sugar. Yeah, that pretty much sounds like almost like paleo diet. Sounds like a diet. Except I think I had corn chips because I wanted corn chips. (laughs) (laughs) Corn chips? What on the yes list? Yes. And like, so this is where it's like you need to like 
The rules and regulations, I think this is where it's like yeah. where you have rules for yourself. I think this is where if you have a rule, it's like then you check in with the rule. You're like, wait, why do I have that? Like, yeah, why? Why? Why do, do I have I need a rule? this rule? Like, do I have to make rules for myself? Like, probably not. Well, I think like some people, like I, I've seen a lot of people sharing more about calorie how do you call deficit? it? Deficit diets again. It's like it's becoming back. It's regurgitating. It's back. Yeah. <laughs> like literally. Um, I've seen it on Instagram lately and it's like, you know, we have that phase of like you don't need to count your calories mm. anymore. You just like restrict your meals, like just fast, like la, la, la. Now we're going full circle back to when we were young, back to calorie deficit dieting. And I just think – you know, it took us a lot of time to stop dieting and, yeah, maybe at some point I felt like I was eating very unhealthily and then I kind of like, okay, let's check this in, mm. check in, like how do I feel? But now I finally feel like I'm not on a diet. Me too. And I feel like it's helped my mental health so much because now I have less of that anxious voice and that deep regret guilt voice around food now you don't think about food yeah unless you're like eating it yes like or unless like planning you're or, or like my it. dinner my dinner party or shopping for it <laughs> yeah like you're only thinking about it when it's necessary yeah like we just had an acai bowl oh my God, it, was so yum. it was so good at the time i haven't thought about it since either i remember when acai bowls first came out and someone told me they're so high in sugar too much fruit do not eat them i never had acai bowls me either and or it's however such a you sad say it aside. Because they are freaking young. I know. And now we eat them all the time. <laughs> Seriously. And I, do you know what? I feel great from them. Yeah. I feel so good from them. And I feel like, you know, we make these rules up for ourselves and then we need to let go of the rules. Anyway, should we go back to the topic? Because we definitely went off track. Yeah, but I feel like dieting is like well, a part literally. of hating yourself. No, literally dieting is probably one of the roots of it. Yes. Of like, well, obviously you hate yourself. You feel like you hate yourself. You think you hate yourself. Then you're like, how do I unhate myself? Oh, I know what. I'll, I'll go on a diet. I'll get I'll, thin. I'll get thinner. I'll lose weight. I'll gain a booty. And then I'll, I'll love myself. Then I'll love myself. And then that, I'll, that, that'll make me happy. And this is the whole thing that's wrong with this because – we think that answers our problem of the self-hate. So then we'll love ourselves, right? If dot, dot, dot. Yeah. I'll only so, love myself when dot, So dot, it's dot. all conditional. Yeah. Which is not acceptance or self-love whatsoever. No. Because acceptance and I just want to use the term acceptance, self-acceptance, because self-love has so many connotations. The word love, we all love differently. We've all experienced love differently. Acceptance, on the other hand, and respect, I think is like a, a more, uh, what is the word, unified understanding mm. of like, I understand what respect is. I know what it means to respect my mm. body. Mm. Well, I think respect is a great word as well because then it's like a level of uh, care as mm. well. Like, Action. Yes. Uh, I mean, when you, res- when you respect someone, you treat them very well. You know, when someone is like, oh, they this person was highly respected, you instantly think they're a great person. You think and, well of them. Yes. And we should respect ourselves yeah, then. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, everyone's, I guess, like some things obviously represent respect to others and some represent respect differently mm. to others. Uh, but I do like that word. Yeah, And I too. think especially when self-love becomes this kind of like, ugh, and conditional and yeah. it can be very like, well, how can I love my arm when it's flobby when I wiggle it? I know. You know, like these are the kind of things that or how how on earth could I love my stomach because it hangs over my yoga pants when I do a forward fold? I mean, these were thoughts that me and you thought. Mm. We thought them all the time. Yeah. I literally didn't wear a singlet for so long. So long. When we moved up to the Gold Coast, I was so self-conscious of my arms. And imagine Carla and Emma, paleo bloggers, and we felt fat. Like we were we were fraud stars. We were promoting a diet and we were putting on weight, like for whatever reasons. Like it was so unhealthy, this, this way of living for me and you, Carla, like yeah. in our minds, in our bodies. Yeah, it felt very, um, yeah, it. It felt like we created a cage for ourselves as well, in a way. But I didn't, and I really didn't want to be seen out of the cage. 
Like I felt I really know. ashamed. So, well, because we were fueling diet culture yeah. and we were suffering from it. We were not we were promoting it and we were suffering from it. Mm. And like, wow, are we grateful that we shifted gears and had some big aha moments? And, and I mean, like, we literally had people telling us that we're the causing the problem of all diets. Yeah. Like, we had that on national TV. People told us, you are causing anorexia and bulimia. And I'm like, well, sh- am I? Because I had bulimia. And, like, we were really angry. Then mm. we had emails, people saying, you can't promote stuff like this. Like, this is really bad. Are we? Are we bad humans? Because we look around and every second person in the health and wellness world is promoting this. And then you realise, ah, it's not just us. Mm. It's everything involved. And just because we don't have bad intentions and we don't mean to hurt anyone doesn't mean we're not hurting them. Mm. But the most important people we're hurting was ourselves. Yeah. And so thank God for yoga. Thank God for meditation. Thank God for these people who said it straight to us. Although it hurt us. It made us very upset. Made us cry on TV. <laughs> uh, you know, thank you, though. Thank you for putting us down and see, allowing us to see clearer. I wish I wish that, you know, what you probably could have done better, though, guys, was, like, acknowledge that we were suffering too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's important for all of us to recognise when we talk to the Kardashians or anyone who does promote diet culture, you know, they're suffering too. Yeah. I mean, they're suffering with a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, yeah, and it is true, like, it's the whole, like, they're a product of the environment. Like, that's how they grew up. That's how we grew up. But there comes a point where you kind of realise, right? Like, we realised. Well, we realised because someone told us. Yeah, I'm sure many people have told them. Anyway, it's not about them. Uh, okay, so let's go back to the how do we <laughs> stop hating our body. So we started with awareness, awareness of like understanding that you are not those thoughts. Like you are not the thoughts that are telling you that you're fat, ugly, not good enough, dumb, whatever. Whatever. And enter XYZ criticism that you have of yourself. Step you one. are not those thoughts. What was step two? Step two was um, you said it. Acknowledging that you want to make a change. Exactly. So deciding this isn't good, mm. I want to make a change. And that's, like, really important that, like, because you don't know – those two steps are, like, so important because you don't know you want to change until you understand. So awareness and you want to make a change. Third step. Third step is taking a step toward a change. Taking action. Taking action. So for us, let's talk about what our main action step is. For us – Our action step is self-acceptance. What is self-acceptance? It's accepting ourselves exactly as we are right here in this moment. That might sound strange when we just said make a change, but the change that we're making is the change from the self-criticizing thoughts to the self-accepting thoughts. From the self-accepting thoughts, we can then make further change, but in order to do that, to, in order for us to kind of move forward, we still need a, to change the thoughts of the self-criticism. And that's why self-acceptance is a really important step. Mm-hmm. It's a big one. I, I think that it's an important one to not miss. Oh, yeah. Like, because I know lots of people have said this before, but the quote that I'm thinking of is Eckhart Tolle, is that major change can only happen with an, accept, with an, an, an accepting mindset. Mm-hmm. So you first have to accept who you are mm-hmm. and then you can make the change. I think it makes perfect sense now. Back in the day I didn't because it's like, no, I just have to run on the treadmill <laughs> for an hour. Then, then. That's the change. It's like, no, I'll still hate myself. <laughs> and the next day I'll feel like I need to do it again. And then that's the whole thing. You're you're stuck on the treadmill. You're stuck on the merry-go-round. Mm. It's not a very merry one. It's kind of like let's use a different example, like a more obvious one. So say, for example, uh, I am very impatient with Emma. Mm. Poor Emmy. I get annoyed at her very easily. This is like a true story, you guys. Um, past Carla. I don't really do this anymore as much, do I? No. Yeah, go me. I made a change. Um, <laughs> so firstly, I had to become aware that I was being impatient with Emma. And maybe that actually happened 
through Emma telling me that she was upset. You know, sometimes awareness and like yeah, that true. example that we just showed you before, getting an email from someone external mm. made us aware of what we were doing and how we were being. So sometimes it can come external. That's that's also okay. Then it's like becoming self-aware. Yeah, I do do that. Interesting. Hmm. Then it's the realization, I don't want to make Emma feel like that. Like how, I want to make a change. Like can I change the way that I – um, talk to Emma or react or expect, like, can I change these things? Then it's also accepting past Carla's actions. You know what, Carla, you didn't know better back then. Now you do like, but let's just accept it. Let's forget about that. You've, you've apologized to Emma too. She's accepted your apology so we can move forward. You don't have to feel guilty about that anymore, except that you were like that. All right, now let's make a change. What are you going to do next time you feel impatient? Mm. How are you going to respond? How are you going to react? Last time you made Emma cry. Like how can we not make Emma cry this time? <laughs> and really the answer is always so simple. You take a breath. You add some space. <laughs> Poor Emmy. Make her cry. And you add like kindness. Yeah. Be kind. Oh, far out. It's quite simple. Yeah, but also maybe you had PMS for like a year or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> I still love you. Yeah. And also, and also there's, there's always two parties. There's two people who tango this mess. Yeah, but I think it's just like, you know, that's a, you know. It's a good, it's a good example. example. I really like that example. And I think, you know, I really liked how you added about the the awareness can come from an outsider. And I think this is another little segue because I think if we are so in our egos, the instant feeling when someone pulls us up on something is like, no, I'm not. Personal attack. It's like, what do you think? What are you doing? And you take it so personally. And like, we felt this. Yeah. When we were going through these things, we were attacked. They were mean to us. Mm-hmm. I blamed them. We were the innocent ones. But then it took us a while to realize, <laughs> hang on a minute, oopsie. Uh, no, you guys were telling Can us. I also just say... Next time, though, can we not do it on national television? And next time, maybe, like, don't feel like use, like, 20-something, young 20-something-year-old Yeah, and also women. next time warn us. Yeah. And don't uh, trick us. Yeah. Look, that was a whole other story. SBS Insider. Insight. Insight, sorry. <laughs> SBS Insight. They tricked us. They tricked us. They told us we were doing one thing and then it turned into another thing. Uh, they blindsided us. But anyway, we forgive them because, like, we've moved on mm. and we're doing great now. Thanks. Uh, but that episode was really bad. I remember my neck went red. Remember how you had that big rash? I just remember feeling so – I just didn't know what to do. Like yeah. it was just like we were we, – there was cameras, there was an audience, and then – We should have just walked we away. We should have walked out. We should have got off, got off our seats and walked out. No one was forcing us to be no. there. Mm-mm. We thought we had to stay there, though, because yeah. they had, like, flown us down. From yeah. Gold Coast and put us up. I wish we did walk we out. I should have done out. that. Um, now I would. Yes. Well, because that's what this journey does. You become more connected to yourself. You create better boundaries within your mind and outside mm-hmm. your mind. More awareness, more self-awareness, more awareness of what's going on. You question things more. And I guess, like, this is just the path of, um, you know, life discovery you grow you learn you you learn from mistakes you step forward with with all these new lessons that we have the opportunity to to receive every day of life mm. like it's kind of cool right it's amazing i guess this is what comes with age i guess this is like why you know when the wise the woman. wise women like <laughs> the the wise older elders like it makes sense you know when you're young you kind of like you don't think that you're ever going to feel that way. Like I never thought I would like learn just from like life and like being and then like you do and then you're like, wow, like I didn't know that 10 years ago. But I also feel that, you know, it doesn't just come with age. No. And like it might not come with age. I mean that was in The Women Who Run With The Wolves. I remember they spoke about it. How, you know, just because you're older doesn't mean you understood the lessons. You didn't get wise you stayed young and naive <laughs> and you know that's possible like I can I can see that around me sometimes not that I'm judging it's just like acknowledging and being like oh that's interesting mm. curious 
Uh, and then you see like young people who are wise beyond their years, right? Because whatever they went through got them there. Mm. Um, so I don't necessarily think it's, yes, you get older and automatically wiser. No. I think when you have a podcast and you ponder on life for the last how years. many bloody years, yeah, you you do reflect and you learn. I think we've learnt through this. Yeah, definitely. So step one, awareness. Step two, realising you want to make a change. Step three, taking action. For us, that was self-acceptance. And then, uh, you know, it's figuring figuring out what your step is, I mm-hmm. guess. And if it is self-acceptance, it's like what represents self-acceptance. For us, it's like in everything, <laughs> like constant mm. I mean, isn't that great that no longer we have self-criticizing voices in our minds, we have self-accepting ones. So when the criticism pops up, it's like you counteract with a accepting It's one. almost like rather than the, the like when you have that self-criticism and then the other thought was like, yeah, you, you're so dumb. Yeah, you, why did you do that? And it's like that was the conversation, like I'm so this. And then the other one was affirming, yeah, you are. You are that. Yeah. Now the affirming voice is, no, that's not true. Like, it's okay. Like, you are a human. Mm. Like, like, we'll get through this. Yeah. Like, it's like this nurturing, uh, encouraging voice. Caring. Caring, compassionate, kind. So it's changed from, like, this uh, bully of, like, yes, yeah, you are like that, nah. Like that. And it's now more like, oh, it's all right. Like it's a forgiving. Yes. It's very forgiving as well. And I think we learned I think we learned a lot of this stuff through yoga. Like the philosophy of yoga. I would say, do you think? Absolutely. I mean like kindness, compassion. Like these are all big themes in yoga. Detachment. Like uh like cleansing of thoughts, like all these kinds of things all come yeah. came from yoga every class that i've ever done ever taught has mm. an intention it's it's supposed to attempt to find something there something that you didn't know it's supposed to arm you with a tool you didn't have it's pretty amazing that you know for us especially in western culture we just thought it was a way to get more flexible and fit like that's what yoga was. Yeah. Do a handstand. You can look really cool when you do yoga. Yeah. But it's like literally that's like the the tiniest aspect of yoga. Like these lessons have just, you know, you know what we used to be consumed by those self-criticizing thoughts. Now we're consumed by these kind of mm. thoughts. And that changes everything. And not only about ourselves, about other people. I think this is what makes me so much like so excited for this because I'm more compassionate of other people. Mm. I'm kinder to other people. I'm not saying I'm kind all the time. Definitely not. Like, no, I'm not like one of those super, super kind people all the time, like going out of their way to be kind. Like I'm kind but not like um, Mother Teresa. Mm. Uh, But I'm totally way better than I was before because before I was judgmental in my mind, never out loud, but in my mind I would judge, 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 judge. And that did make you feel good personally either. And so now that's why you feel such a shift because you're like, wow, in my mind I have just kind thoughts all the time. Well, or it's a nothingness about other people, whereas before I'd walk around the shops and I feel like I literally judged everyone who passed me. Not like... She's ugly, but it was more like a comparison judge. Uh, oh, she's bigger than me. Oh, she's so much more thinner and more beautiful than me. So it was it was a self-criticizing but also a judgment of others, a comparison. Yeah. Do you think that in a way it like – like I can – I'm kind of like I'm picturing myself walking through the shops mm. and like rather than like – because I used to do that too or like even walking down the street, I used to do it with people walking past me. And it's like now your awareness isn't so like zoning in on like these single things. It's like a unity. It's almost like you just like are in the big world and you're not noticing like certain like tiny little things about people. You're just noticing everything. Yeah. Like it's like a bigger awareness. Like it's like it's almost like 
you realize that you're all connected and you're all the same. You're all one. I think that is a huge one, like the connectedness and uh, the equality. Yeah. Like no one is above you but and no one is below you. I mean, that lesson was huge for us because I was forever putting myself below people. But if I'm putting myself below people, then I'm certainly putting people below me yes. too. So like – like who who belongs down there? Who belongs up there? I decide, which is not true. No. There's no truth in that. That's judgment, judgment, judgment. I mean, I think when you are able to let go of judgment and you welcome in more compassion and kindness, you see what life truly is. And it certainly isn't about what you look like compared to me and like her designer bags and her jackets are better than my clothes or, you know, like all the other, compa- oh, like that, their relationship looks perfect. The funny thing is, <laughs> is like what about before mirrors and reflection? Like I yeah. don't even know what I, I wouldn't know what I looked like well, unless I saw myself in a mirror or a photograph. I think it would come from attention probably. Yeah, okay, I understand that. But like I'm seeing outside, <laughs> like I only know what my hair. But maybe, look like. like, maybe if you had a water, could you see? You can't really see your reflection like, in water. <laughs> I know, but I just think about that. Was where? Like, well, I don't know. When did mirrors get invented? Well, and I like, know. Um, so in this show that I watched, um, someone it- got gifted a mirror, and it was a big deal. This was like in nineteen. Wow. It was like no eighteen hundreds, eighteen twenties. Oh, there was painters. Painters yeah. would paint people. Yes, but like also like. How I know that some only people, rich people, oh, yeah, and yeah. like only certain people, very very wealthy. So people. I think about that. Like I think like having access to more cameras and like sell the selfie when that came in in so true um, because you know we didn't used to. It was only when I was fifteen that I started taking photos of myself. Before that, I had a camera. It was always out to the world, out to the world. My so friends. true. Or like you would get someone like, to take. Can you take a photo of me and this person? And like we'd be like he. Like cuddling, like, you know, like friends, like wrapped around each other. That was kind it's of It's so photo. true. Like, I mean, like we did the self-timer photos with like family on birthdays. Yeah, with the cake, with the uh, Sarah Lee mud but cake. But it's also Yum. because you you have, yeah, I thought about that Sarah Lee mud cake the other day. That cake was so good. It was the typical like, birthday cake. I see. Yeah. Yum. What about the banana? Sarah? Loved it. Yeah, yum. Loved and it. when it was a little bit frozen, yeah. I even liked it. <laughs> It's like, oh, my. Why are those cakes so good? Well, I wonder what's in it. <laughs> uh, what were we what saying? What about the Sarah Lee vanilla ice cream? That was a treat. Mm. Grandma used to have that. Yes, yeah, she did. Mm, yum. With strawberries. Mm. What was I saying? Uh, so I think definitely, for sure, obviously, like social media, selfies. We are in the era of the selfie. This is how we share what we look like with the world, right? Mm-hmm selfies on facebook on social media on instagram on tiktok and it's then 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 it's judged by likes and comments reactions like so i'm sorry we didn't have that when i was 15 no we did not have that it's pretty scary like you know we are maybe we're in our own bubble of like everything's getting better with diet culture because... Oh, my God, then I'll be so sad. I know, but, like, when you really think about it, like, social media is definitely helping a group of people, but there's definitely a big group of people who are suffering from the obsession of the Instagram likes, the TikTok views and whatever. Uh, yeah, we have more work to do. Yeah, <laughs> a lot more work to do. So I think that it's important to have an action with this self-acceptance and these like mm. these uh, changes you want to make because the the I guess the switching of the thoughts like to a more accepting mindset that's really powerful but I think also having something you do whether it's like journaling or meditation or like you said Emmy taking a deep breath I think that is like the easiest I think one it's the best tool like, do that one all the time take many deep breaths Many times a day, yeah. as many as you can, um, in and out through the nose. For me, I I hands down know that yoga and Pilates was and is the tool for me, without a doubt. It's like as soon as I roll out the mat and as soon as I get into my down dog, I am like, oh, mm. I like, I just like to feel how everything like yes. is. And it's more like a curiosity. It's not like... 
it's no judgment. Yes. It's like there's no judgment on that mat because that's what I've made. I've made sure yeah. the intention is a judgment-free zone. Yeah. And it's like having that like little ritual. Yeah, I think the intention behind something, you know, you you decide what you want to connect your self-acceptance practice to, preferably something you do often, drinking a glass of water. I'm going to self-accept mm. every time. I drink water. Walking through a doorway. It's a good one. Yeah. But yoga and Pilates works really well because potentially exercise has been a place where you self-criticize. Truth. Or a place where you, I'm going to do this and then I can eat this. Uh, I need to work this off because I did that. So for us, that's what exercise used to be. So for us to shift our reason of exercise to be self-acceptance, that was game changer. That was like, you know, tenfold a thousandfold more powerful because instead of just adding we also replaced self-criticism that's why self-acceptance with yoga pilates with exercise is so powerful it's so true and this is why i think it works i think this is why mary body works (laughs) not think this is why i know it works because we have so many members where this has happened Mm. and i think it's amazing you know, we're not the only ones who used to use exercise as a way to only lose weight and a way to punish ourselves and a way mm. to do uh, to pre-burn calories and to post-burn calories. It's so common. It's what everyone teaches us. in diet. This is what diet culture teaches us. And this is why there's still issues with calorie-deficient diets. Deficient. De- deficit. Deficit. Deficient. But Whatever. yeah, deficient. You're deficient I in mean, calories. Like, because I literally had a conversation with someone about this. Like, I'm just going back to calorie counting. And I'm like, like, why? Uh, Who dares? Yeah, I know. Tell me later. Yeah, but like, it was hard to hear because on paper, yeah, it makes sense. If you want to lose weight, yes. But what comes with that? The oh. constant counting. Yeah, how are you the, doing the it? The restrictive eating. The, the the rules, the regulations, like it doesn't bring joy to our lives. Instead, we're choosing this weight is more important than our own joy. And it's time to say no to that. Mm. It's time to say no, my life experience and my joy is far more important than the size of clothes I wear. Yes, our health is important, but that is not dictated by the size of our bodies. It can impact it for sure. Everyone's different. Every situation is different. Maybe the, the the thinness is making you unhealthy. Maybe it's the bigness, whatever. Like health can look differently. We know this for sure. So many things impact our health. Yes. And you not, could not just our weight. Yeah, you could have the most perfect body and be extremely unhealthy. Like like when we begin to realize this and realize that the stuff in our head was narrative was not true was just like this the diet culture creating these beliefs like this is when you begin to step forward and be like oh because the thing is like how can we tell if someone's healthy if we just look at them in maybe some future machine will be able to do that i don't know but they're looking at not just what you look like no they're looking at your blood and x-ray exactly like it's some science crazy thing. thing i mean that will be great Really? It's like, yeah, you need to do this, this, this. Like all medicine, science-based. Like, I mean, and then it's like also acknowledging that sometimes medicine might have a different perspective. Of, look, oh let's not gosh. go down there. Yeah. Listen to your doctor, okay? Follow the medical advice of Get your... Get a second opinion yes. if you feel. Get a, Get third, a third opinion, opinion if you want. Yeah. But make sure they're experts. Mm. We are not... We are all for medicine. Yes. Just want to make sure that is underlined. Absolutely. So I think a big part now, this is, I think, the last part of this episode because, wow, we clearly have a lot to say about this. Um, Presence is a very important part of these practices. Any of the actions that you want to take in order to welcome in a more accepting mindset, in order to let go of the self-criticizing thoughts, Presence is a really important part of this because when we are present, then we won't have those thoughts because the thoughts are usually about 
something that we've done in the past, something that we're going to do in the future. Um, if you're judging yourself, like in the present moment, like then when you're present, then you'll become aware of the judgment and then therefore you'll be able to go down the process of awareness, of change, of action. So when we are present, uh, the process also happens more efficiently. Mm. So this is what we were describing before with our yoga and Pilates practice. If we weren't present in our yoga and Pilates practices, we wouldn't be able to be feeling self-acceptance because we would be thinking about the past, we'd be thinking about the future and anxious about that. And not necessarily just about our bodies. It might also be like, I'm worried about how much money I'm going to make. Yeah. I'm worried about if I'm going to be like lose everything. Like you might be like you're having these thoughts, but because you're having those thoughts, you can't have a self-accepting thought. So therefore we have to welcome in presence to be (laughs) intentional with our practices. (sighs) I finished. (laughs) She finished. Well done, monologue. But that that's like yeah, when you amazing. start to like realise yeah. it, you're like, oh, wow, okay, you're right. I, If I'm not present, if I'm not actually here in the moment, then I actually can't be intentional with the thing that I wanted to be intentional about. So when you're, when you're wanting to make a change, when you're wanting to take a step, also welcome in a sense of presence. How are you present? You focus on what you're doing. Mm. All right. I feel like that was great. Me too. And there were many monologues. Many, I know. Me, I went on many monologues. <laughs> yeah, I was too. like Rose. Rose is our team member, by the way. Our amazing, one of our amazing team members. I'm sure you found a great snippet in there. Yeah, there was some great <laughs> monologues. Oh, that was fun. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love to hear from you. If you got an aha moment, if something finally clicked, you know, the clog clicked in the machine. And you feel like, wow, you're going to step forward with this new perspective. We really want to hear about it. So send us a message, DM us on Instagram or email us. Our emails are in our show notes. Otherwise, also share this episode with your besties. We would be very grateful for that. Mm -hmm. Have a beautiful rest of your week, rest of your day, whatever you are doing. And we'll be back in your ears next week with a brand new episode. Bye. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.